Welcome to the Maple Grove Scripture Reading Podcast, episode 15, 1 Kings 12 through 2 Kings 14. Hey everybody and welcome back to the Scripture Reading Podcast. I'm your host Nick Spencer. Today we're going to be continuing our journey through the two books named Kings. Now last week we looked at the end of David's kingdom and the reign of Solomon and today we're going to look at the split of Israel into two separate nations, the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah and the many kings that followed. Plus, we're going to take a look at two of the prophets of Israel, Elijah and Elisha. Now Solomon's death comes at the end of chapter 11, and Israel, which was the ten northernmost tribes, they rebel against Solomon's son Rehoboam and split into its own nation. Those who were living in Judah remained with Rehoboam, ruling over them, and they remained loyal to the house of David, as it says in chapter 12. Now, in the reading this week, we saw a number of kings listed as reigning over these two nations. And as we go through today, I just want to pick out a few verses to talk about. So first, let's talk about Jeroboam in chapter 12, verses 26 through 30. Jeroboam thought to himself, the kingdom will now likely revert to the house of David. If these people go up to offer sacrifices at the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem, they will again give their allegiance to their Lord, Rehoboam, king of Judah. They will kill me and return to King Rehoboam. After seeking advice, the king made two golden calves. He said to the people, It is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Here are your gods, O Israel, who brought you out of Egypt. One he set up in Bethel, and the other in Dan. And this thing became a sin. The people went even as far as Dan to worship the one there. So as we see, the first king of the northern tribes of Israel has fallen into the same issues that we've seen so many times with people before. Because he was worried about his status as a king, he was worried about his people going to Jerusalem to worship, he sets up two idols, two golden calves, just like we read in Exodus with Aaron and the Israelites. Even here, the wording is the same. Here are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. It's the same thing from Exodus 32. And in doing so, in doing this and making these two golden calves, he's breaking the first commandment listed in the Ten Commandments, the one that says, you shall have no other gods before me. And he's leading his people to also break this commandment. So the monarchy for Israel, it doesn't get off to a great start. And in fact, as you read through the list of the kings in these passages, you'll see the same thing over and over for the kings of Israel, that they did evil in the eyes of the Lord. There were no kings in this northern kingdom who were good. It even begins to escalate, like with Ahab, son of Omri. In chapter 16, verse 25, we see that Omri did evil in the eyes of the Lord and sinned more than all those before him. And then in verse 30, we read about his son Ahab, where it says, Ahab, son of Omri, did more evil in the eyes of the Lord than any of those before him. He not only considered it trivial to commit the sins of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, but he also married Jezebel, daughter of Ethbaal, king of the Sidonians, and began to serve Baal and worship him. He set up an altar for Baal in the temple of Baal that he built in Samaria. 
Ahab also made an Asherah pole and did more to provoke the Lord, the God of Israel, to anger than did all the kings of Israel before him. It's during Ahab's reign that we see Elijah come into the scene, and Elijah was a prophet of God. Elijah had an amazing story in chapter 18 as he confronts the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel in order to determine which God, the God of the Israelites or Baal, whom Ahab worshipped, they were, they were determining which was actually God. And Elijah proposed that both he and the prophets of Baal, and there were like 400 of these, they would prepare offerings to their gods, and whichever god sent fire to light the offering, he would be determined as God. And so the prophets of Baal, they prepared their altar, they shouted to Baal for an answer, they danced around the altar, but nothing happened. Elijah taunts them, yeah, he's telling them to like shout louder, saying, maybe, maybe your God is asleep and needs to be woke up. So they shouted louder. They started cutting themselves, but nothing happened. Elijah then started doing some preparation for his altar to the Lord. He, he, for, he digs a trench around his altar and, and fills four large shore jars with water, and he pours it out on the altar, so much so that that it, it fills the trench. So his entire offering is drenched with water. And, and there's so much water that it fills this trench. And then he prayed to God who answered. Verse 38 says this, Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the soil, and also licked up the water in the trench. And what a display to show who was the Lord. While Baal's offering remained without fire, the Lord sent fire and burned everything. This was enough for the people to bow and declare him the Lord. In chapter 19, we see for the second time, as we've gone through our reading, we see this, um, we, we see a story where the Lord appears where his his glory his presence appears before someone first it was moses and now it's elijah elijah had fled to horeb and there the lord would appear to him and the description of this appearance is very interesting i think let me read to you from chapter 19 verses 11 through 13 the Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind there was an earthquake, and but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. The Lord wasn't in the wind. He wasn't in the earthquake. He wasn't in the fire. Instead, he was a gentle whisper. We've seen this, you know, we've seen throughout the reading of the Old Testament, the power of the Lord described. I think back to Exodus and, and his leading the Israelites as a cloud of fire. But this passage is quite different in that instead of this like force of nature, like a wind, an earthquake, or a fire, he is instead a gentle whisper. In chapter 19, Elijah calls on Elisha, and he calls him to follow him and become his attendant. 
Elijah will also be a prophet of Israel, but I just wanted to kind of point out a couple of things here. First, after he is called, Elisha tells his mother and father goodbye and then commits to his call by burning his plowing equipment and slaughtering the oxen he was using to plow. It reminds me of, you know, the stories of like Cortez landing and then commanding his ships to be burned. And you're basically saying at that point, there's no looking back now. The only place you have to go is forward. And this is what we see from Elisha here. He is totally committed and he will only go forward. Elijah is taken into heaven by a chariot of fire. And Elisha takes his mantle as the prophet for Israel. In 2 Kings chapter 4 through 6, we, we see different vignettes showing the miracles that are being done by Elisha. Chapter 6 has a very interesting story about the Arameans being at war with Israel, and the king is enraged at, at Elisha because Elisha is giving information to the Israelite king from the private conversations the king of Aram is having with his officers. And so the king of Aram sent an army to surround the city where Elisha was. And I want to read to you from uh, chapter 6, verses 15 through 17. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early in the morning, an army of an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. I just wanted to point this out because I think it's an amazing reminder that there is this plane of existence that we don't see, but it is very present. It is very real. The spiritual plane. Sometimes it can be hard to remember because we get so focused on the things that we can see and feel and touch. All the things that that we experience through our five senses. But I think if our eyes were opened like the servant's eyes, we would all be amazed at the things that we could see and the things that we would see surrounding us from the spiritual realm. As we finish up this week, uh, in this week's reading, we made it to chapter 14, and, and we see a number of kings come and go, many who did evil in the Lord's eyes, and yet some there there were some who did right. Unfortunately, it will still lead to exile from the promised land. And that's what we're going to look at next week. So next week, we will finish Second Kings and then get into the prophets before the exile, beginning with Isaiah. Now, don't forget to continue the conversation from today's show. If you have anything that you saw or, or that I didn't touch on, there is a lot in these sections that, that we only briefly talked about. But if you, if you see anything or, or want to talk about it, we've got comments open on our, on our episode page, the episode 15 page at our, our website, maplegrove.church slash scripture. Thank you so much for listening, everybody, and we'll see you again next week. Thanks for listening to the Maple Grove Christian Church Scripture Reading Podcast. You can find out more information about our church at our website at www.maplegrove.church. You can also follow us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MGCCBtown. 
You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and the Google Play Store. Thanks again for listening.